Hi, this is Bruce Clark, host of Twip Weddings. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This is TWIP, episode 447, the CES 2016 Roundup. It's that time of year again when nearly every technology company in existence reveals the new toys they've been feverishly working on. The annual Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada is a kind of mecca for all things geek. There's no way any organization could cover everything that show has to offer, so in this episode we take a look at our favorite photography-related announcements, and we also discuss Kodak's move back into the world of film and Super 8. The panel has decidedly mixed opinions about this move, which makes for a really interesting listen. It's Monday, January 11th, 2016, and this is TWIP. All right, folks, welcome back to This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, pretty interesting show. Lots of crazy stuff happened at CES 2016. We're going to talk about a little bit of it because clearly there's no way to talk about everything that happened at CES. For that, you have this thing called the internet. But we're going to talk about a couple of things that happened at CES 2016. And here to help me talk about those things are my two friends, Mr. Julio Shorio and Evgeny Chabotarov. Hey guys, how are you doing? Hello. Hey, Frederick. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, Evgeny, were you just Snapchatting? Did you did you do that? I did that, yeah. So He's... it's uh, it's on the internet. You're such a 20-something. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the Snapchat, Snapchat, whatever you guys call it, that's, a, that's for you young kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get you on it eventually. Um, I, you know, I have an account on there. I just yep. It's not a matter of being on Snapchat. It's like finding Car- time. Caring enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, caring enough to do it, finding time to do it. And then there's Periscope. And then, you know, there's all this other stuff, you know. Yeah. And I got to, you know, there's a, at some point you got to squeeze in living your life <laughs> around, around sharing your life. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to balance those two things. I don't know. That sounds like something, you know people say when they're you know on their way out from social media (laughs) (laughs) all right guys let's talk about this cool stuff before we dive into that i want to find out what's been going on with you both of you guys first of all julio shorio what's been going on man i'm following you online you've been all over the place what's happening Uh, i've been kind of hiding out a little bit just uh working on going back to basics this year really focusing on still photography Um, I mean, I'm still pushing my cinemagraphs, uh, animated photography for commercial work, but for the art, I'm going back to the basics. I've been shooting nothing but black and white, uh, doing all my work in camera and in camera only with one lens since uh, October. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, you know, when, when you slow down and you're present and you're creating with intent, and you know, and you're kind of going out with a mission, even if it's just for for play, you can really grow uh, in a good way creatively. And I find that um, that's part of what's been really helping me. Yeah, just sort of getting away from the gear lust and adding more and more things and that next lens and mm-hmm. everything to your arsenal. And yeah, that's interesting. Oh, cool. And you're still, are you still shooting Micro Four Thirds in the Lumix? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'm really into the GX8 with the Speedmaster f.95 manual focus lens. I don't, have uh, you seen that, that one? one? I think Joseph might have talked about that on the last show. It's tiny. Yeah. It's like it's tiny and it's a 0.95. It's got beautiful character. Uh, that That's my favorite lens right now. I'm super into that lens. And with the GX8, uh, it's such a neat uh, combo. And I, it's probably the closest I've felt in a long time with a digital camera that um, resembles uh, the, uh, the the process of shooting with film. So I shoot a lot of film, but sometimes, I, you know, I don't want to be just burning through film to experiment, but yeah, I, I still want that experience with digital and I get it with this combo. I really like it. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll have to compare notes later after the show about GX8, you know, love, because mm-hmm. I have one too and I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. 
All right, cool. Well, also on the show is Mr. Yevgeny Chabotarov, as I said, the co-founder of 500px.com. What's going on, man? Yeah, uh, I think I, I have exactly the same theme going on. So I traded a lot of my gear for a Fuji setup. Oh. And I've been shooting a lot and making a lot of amateur mistakes uh, by shooting on Fuji uh, with 23 millimeters, which is 35, 1.4. And uh, that exactly uh, what I feel, you know, the Fuji X-T1 and that lens feel like shooting film in a sense where you have all the dials that you have to control, uh, all the things, you know, and it feels... Uh, it feels similar to, you know, going back to the basics, basically theme. So I don't know how long I will last, but I've been shooting that for since September and I've been loving it so far. So it's, it definitely changed my photos and they're definitely less, you know, less colorful and less crisp uh, from 36 megapixel setup. Uh, And now they're just kind of like, just kind of like, you know, the life that you live and you just get the pictures and you just want to share the emotions and not the pixels, basically. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's interesting. Now, did you did you say you sold all of your DSLR gear and you went to Fuji or is it still kind of sitting there, you know, waiting? I'm, down, I'm downsizing from four systems down to two. Uh, okay. So there is still a lot of uh, uh, stuff to be sold on Facebook or Craigslist or whatever. So I'm currently talking to a lot of buyers and yeah, the experience of selling stuff online, it's still, still far from perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of selling stuff through Amazon. That's, mm-hmm. that seems to be the easiest way for me. In fact, I just put an iPhone on there yesterday. Really? It's just, just easy. I have one of these to sell, click the button and then follow the prompts and it's over. <laughs> so, well, it, or if you want TWIP listeners to help you get rid of that gear, you have to let me know and I'll, I'll spread the word. So. Yeah. E- email me, uh, you know, and I'll give you a special tweet discount. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Look at that. All right, cool. All right, guys, let's dive into the show. Um, as I said in the intro there, CES 2016 is uh, it's not still going on now, is it? It's it's over. Uh, so we're, especially by the time you hear this show, we'll have been over. I clearly didn't go. Julio, you didn't go. Nope. Yevgeny, did you, did you go this year to CES? Uh, no, uh, I only went once and it was so crazy and I kind of feel like I've been missing out. But then again, like all the news are on the internet, so yeah. there's definitely nothing to miss. Uh, yeah. But it's just the crazy energy that I that that's the only thing I miss. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think you hit it right on the head. It's that that excitement of being there and seeing the new stuff and you know, touching the new drone and all, <laughs> all that stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm on a press list. So I get, I was getting press releases every day and I could read through it and see what's going on. And then I would check TechCrunch and Engadget and all those guys that were actually on the floor doing videos and stuff. So I feel like, I feel like I got the experience. Although some of that's just sour grapes because I didn't go. I mean, I, I wish I had gone there for a day just to kind of feel it, you know, and then get out. <laughs> but it's just, it's like a, it's like a, a beehive of just activity there. It's just overwhelming. So, yeah. Plus, you know, we all go to Vegas several times a year for other photography related <laughs> shows anyway, right? So, okay. So that said, you guys have been on top of the news, right, Julio? Yep. You've seen this stuff. I know you saw, you saw this, that one what was that drone that that can carry a man? Did you see that thing? Yeah, I was like, I, it took me a second. I was like, wait, wait, it's a drone that can <laughs> can carry. So does that? I mean, I I didn't look into it any more than that. I'm like, so is somebody else flying it? Yes, and yes. So oh. it can fly with a person, and it can fly without a person in it. Oh, so that's that's kind of interesting there. I mean, yeah, I mean, drone technology clearly is just avionics and you know aircraft physics. And, you know, you can apply it to whatever size. So. <laughs> Yeah, and they did. <laughs> it's interesting, like in a James Bond villain death trap kind of interesting. You know, like like uh, what is it when the the guy's like flying the helicopter and James Bond's trapped in there and he's like, I'm going to enjoy this to the full. And he's trying I to fly in. Was that Dr. No? That was uh, the one with the guy that had the cat, right? Yeah, it was for, yeah. for your eyes only. 
Yeah. Super eighties. Yeah. And that's this how that's the drone right there. Yeah, but you know, you you're gonna talk out of the side of your mouth when you see a squadron of these things flying over your house. I'm gonna right? run for cover if I see a squadron yeah. of them. <laughs> the problem the problem with that is, according to the article, it only gets like twenty minutes of flight time, kind of like every other drone out there. So okay. if they could carry out a mission in 20 minutes, then, uh, you know, they got, you got, or 10 minutes. Cause you got to get to the destination and then get back home. Right. So it's oh, like man. about 10 minutes in the year. I don't know. So gee, what, what did you see at the, you know, of all the announcements that had you the most excited? The, uh, the Nikon, um, uh, 3d VR. What is that called? The, uh, the 360 the, something. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The comeback. I'm gonna call it the comeback. <laughs> Nikon comeback. That's what they should have called it. It's called Nikon's Key Mission 360 Action Camera. The Nikon were actually doing something 360. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a little rough, but um, I thought that was really unexpected and 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 pretty fresh and daring, yeah. especially for Nikon. I was like, whoa, because GoPro doesn't even have a 360 uh, solution. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of Kodak named 360 camera that I, I mean I don't know what the quality is but um, that's and then there's like the high end ones and then there's ones that are just uh, like a rig where you put like eight or so GoPros together but to have it all in one device at that price point is yeah. impressive oh there's there's the Ricoh Theta um, hmm. which is seems to be like a fun camera but I think the quality of the Nikon is higher uh, video quality wise. So that that was your number one pick. That's what you. Like, um, if, from what, if you from, had to pick one thing from CES, well, it would be that Nikon three hundred and sixty. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's so much stuff, right? Yeah, it's like it's like you're being force fed cake. The first few bites, like amazing, and after a while, you're it's like you want to run for cover, but you can't because you're surrounded by all this cake. You I know? know, I know. See, that's a that's a glimpse into the mind of Julio. See, that's your dreams. <laughs> I'm inside a chocolate cake. I don't know. What's going on. What about you, Evgeny? What do you think, man? What what was uh, the big big thing that got you excited out of this show? Well, the big that uh, the big thing that got me excited was the movie. Um, and I actually, I read the whole article about that and I felt like, you know, I'm recording some videos, you're recording videos and it feels like going from an okay video to a great video takes, uh, an, you know, immersive amount of, uh, work and uh, time and, you know, basically it's hard. Uh, And I hope that the premise of Movi will actually be true when, you know, when you can buy it and test it. But I'm looking forward to have, you know, different panning uh, as easy as like uh, tapping a couple of uh, uh, screens on on the on the app or just getting different angles, different basically just kind of like making uh, videos easy and fun. And I think that's the premise of Movi. And I hope that if if that works as advertised, it's going to be huge for uh, for people like me who don't want to edit videos, uh, and for a lot of people, you know, basically like me uh, who want to do more videos but don't have the time to edit those. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It kind of brings video to the masses. And yeah, it's I'm, we're looking at the video now for you folks that are listening. Um, it's I think The Verge did a really good run through of what this thing is and i'll buy this this is a product that i would buy for sure i mean just because i'm i'm so crazy about video and i love where things are going and unlike julio i still have a bit of gear lust in me so (laughs) i would i would would happily add this to my collection g did you see this thing what do you think i think it's amazing uh if it works as it it like we're watching this promo video which is obviously produced so if it's if it does work like what we see it's that would totally be the showstopper for me um i've used other live stream products and they work really good the setup is a little tricky but once i got it set up um it worked pretty good yeah yeah we'll have to see i'm i'm with you i want to these videos look great you know but will they actually be what we see when the thing actually ships i I guess one thing that i'm really surprised that it's a a live streaming company and they decided to do the hardware product, you know, to sell their subscriptions, which is kind of mm-hmm. a fun way of thinking that because it's all connected and you want to have just one great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing that a lot uh, from some companies that 
that uh, lots of companies in the Valley, they're, they're going that model where you buy this physical piece that connects to the other piece and boom, you know, like I can imagine 500px coming out with a camera or something. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no insider info, but I'm just saying it could make sense. I don't know. So the movie, Evgeny, that's your that's your number one. What else did you see that uh, they got you excited there? Uh, the, well, the D5 got me excited just from the tech techs, uh, just the tech specs. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm not in the market to buy one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel you know that the camera is too big and too heavy, and just like I, I don't even want to own such a camera. I don't want to carry that around. So. Uh, but I'm happy for people who are going to be getting that because yeah. it seems like incredible progress to have 3 million ISO, which is unusable, but like we're getting there uh, in the production ca- uh, camera for, you know, for not a, not for a budget price, but you know, you can buy it. <laughs> yeah. I miss those days though. I mean, I, I used to be, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm still technically a Nikon shooter. I still have my gear, but I miss the days of, you know, when we got the new, it was almost like Photoshop. Remember Photoshop only revved like, I don't know, it was like, I don't know, once every five years, three Mm -hmm. years or whatever, you get this new version that had all these amazing new features in there and it'd be like an event. It'd be like, have you seen the new Photoshop? It does layers now. You know, it'd be that. And now you have... Like with when with Nikon, when new cameras used to come out, it used to be, wow, you know, the camera that I thought was awesome suddenly sucks and I have to go get that one. But now we're not there anymore. It's weird. It's a weird kind of nuance because these companies have, in, at least on the mirrorless side, they have increased the pace of releasing these new bodies with new functionality. It's almost almost every other month you see a new body from one of these manufacturers. It's almost dizzying, which takes away that hey, I got a shiny new gold box from Nikon that does all this amazing stuff. Gee, do you feel that way? I mean, is it, is totally. is that what led you to like, okay, I'm just going to slow down and shoot one thing? Yeah, I mean, for for magazine, for editorial, we, we were at the good enough point five years ago, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, five years ago, after, everything after that, I mean, does the camera focus fast? Of course, they all focus fast. Do they expose? Well, they all do. So what is it, what camera do I need to use to uh, re, to have the most the, to have the least amount of barriers between me and my creativity? That's what yeah. I'm looking for. I, I'm like you know ISO high ISO great extra dynamic range that's fine, but at the end of the day it all ends up you know again on one of these yeah you know true. It, that yeah. that that's my market. You've been preaching that for years since I've known you. I have. The whole idea of the world is moving to screens. I remember, what what city were, was it? It wasn't Atlanta. It was Phoenix, I think we were in, when you got into that, quote, discussion with that woman about screens versus print. Dude, she was ready to wrestle. (laughs) Julio's like, no, I'm sorry, your market is dying. I was like, you know what? When when grandma dies and no one's buying those those giant canvas prints... (laughs) You're, you're kind of <laughs> yeah. washed up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that that's, was... that's the reality of it. I mean, I don't care what camera you have. You can have a phase 100 megapixel. You're lighting it like a boss. Your tripod is like Hulk arms, you know, and you're just like, you're like the hell with it. I'm changing my name to Zeus because I am a god. And at the end of the day, you know, somebody sees it on their iPhone in line at Starbucks or doing whatever they're going to do in the morning. And that's it. If yeah. it's really good they'll double tap the screen that's about as much effort as they're going to get and if it's really cool they'll give you an emoji thumbs up and you know yeah Yeah, you're right i mean for the for the most part and there's obviously i think and that woman's point was there's always gonna and i i agree with her there's always going to be a market for print you know and for those cameras like this nikon d5 there's going to be a market for for the people that need that many megapixels because they're printing things are going to go on the wall or they're doing gallery installations or they're doing model shoots where they need those pixels and that depth so they can do retouching. So there's all, or they need, you know, and I know mirrorless cameras are catching up to this, but they need that fast focusing for sports and, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So that space I don't think is going away, but I think it's, it's kind of shrinking, you know, it's dissolving. And what I would like to see, and Evgeny, I'd love to have you chime in on this too, because you're right at that nexus of this. Um, what I would like to see, and we've been preaching this forever, 
I want that Nikon. I want Nikon to get us back into that. I got a cool gold box mode, but this one has all this relevant next generation technology in it. You know, not to say the D5 isn't relevant, but I want to see mirrorless out of Nikon. You know, what do you think? Well, you know, first of all, I guess I'm gonna say in a in not a very popular thing, but what I what I noticed with Instagram photographers, uh, young generation of Instagram photographers coming up, they would process the shots so heavily uh, with like mobile apps that you can only use it on a screen. You yeah. cannot even upload it to 500px because it's gonna be horrible quality. And if you're seeing that on a desktop or a laptop, you would be shocked at how yeah. bad the quality is. Right. So they have, and they basically have to constrain themselves to just the phone screen, just to a tiny little uh, real estate. Um, and uh, and I realized that yeah, I'm getting old because of that. Because I want to process my shots so I can use them later. You know, I, I always used to process my photos so I can print them. Uh, mm-hmm. eventually how often do i print them i don't know once almost every never. five years <laughs> almost never right like yeah. almost never and you know i i i'm not missing that a lot like yeah. i love to print but in theory so i never do that in practice mm-hmm. i'm i'm right there with you i mean i was i was we were probably all here right when we wanted to have this the awesome and i know martin bailey is a, is the printing genius of twip but we all i still have my my big epson printer and i've got the all the ink cartridges loaded i got multiple sizes of paper and every time i turn that thing on which is not very often i've got to go through this tap dance because the ink dried out or we you know because i don't use it it's designed to be used all the time and I don't use it all the time. And so what happens, I end up just sending it off to Bay Photo and let and they print it and I get it back three days later and it looks brilliant and I'm done. But then again, like to your point, Julio, one of the problems with printing, at least for this generation now, is once you print, then what? So now you got to mount it, you got to frame it. And, you know, if you're into that, that's awesome. But if your ultimate goal is to just share it, and this this awesome shot that you made, you want to share it with as many people as possible. We have this thing called the internet, and that's where it goes. And all all atom based bets are off. I mean, right, Julio? I'm I'm preaching to your choir right now. Well, I mean, I I like I still shoot film. I still make a lot of prints, but my prints right now are, are Polaroids. I'm doing like Polaroid transfers with the Impossible Instant Lab. Love that thing because then I can still you know I'm I know I'm making a Polaroid print. I know that it's going to look like a Polaroid print. I'm okay with that. There's something refreshing about taking a, a image from a camera that's designed to make it technically flawless and put it through this process where it comes out where you don't really have so much control and it helps kind of break free that 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 obsession that we get when we're in, re, in photoshop retouching or whatever so I, I think again it's all balanced and it all depends on what your core vision is if you're focusing on that if you're really like okay what is is this going to fit into my creativity and what is this photo saying as opposed to what is the techniques in the photo what's the craft what's the art inside the photo if you're focused on that then it's basically okay well when this image needs a print i'm going to make a print when this image needs to be online i'm going to make it online and sometimes it's going to have overlap and sometimes it won't yeah yeah i think the good takeaway from that is like i always say on the show photography isn't isn't a hobby or profession of oars it can be and, right? Mm-hmm. So totally. you can do that with the Impossible Lab and you can do this and you can put it online. And if you've shot with enough resolution and didn't destroy it, you know, with, you know, making it ready for Instagram, you can print it, all this stuff. So you have options if you choose or you can just do like you guys are doing and slim down and focus for a while on just one area and then come back for air later if you mm-hmm. want to. It's the magic of it. You know, one of the cool things I saw out of all the releases out of CES was uh, Parrot. And they had this glider, they call it the Disco Drone. So this is, so it's a drone. When we think of drones, we think of quadcopters or octocopters or some kind of helicopter-based technology with a camera on the bottom of it, typically. This is a 
plane with fixed wings with a camera in the nose that flies 45 miles an hour or something like that. And I think it had, Julia, did you read the article? Cause it had like a raise of a range of like 10 miles or something. Yeah. It goes so, up to like 50 miles an hour. Um, I think it can also self land. It seems that it could be really good for like surveying crops and a lot of other mm-hmm. cool industrial use, uh, uses, but, um, if, if someone wants to take photos, you know, like a quadcopter can hover steady. Right. You can do HDR. Like with my solo, I can do so much controlling from the, the app. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically a flying tripod or soon they're going to be a flying uh, LED light because there's an LED light I can put onto it. So these, oh, nice. you know, with a drone that's flying 50 miles an hour. Yeah, to, it's just different. It's a different it, it's tool. Just, like I again, can see that, yeah. that technology and, uh, you know, I'm probably behind the times because I'm just now getting into drone stuff in earnest now. But I could see with some of the the programmatic flight paths that you mm-hmm. can do with drone technology, I, if you apply that to something like this Parrot Disco drone, I could see them doing search and rescue operations and, like you said, surveying. Mm-hmm. So not not just it wouldn't be a drone for me because I don't have a need to go 50 miles an hour with a front facing camera, but things like that, if you're searching for, you know, victims of some sort of national disaster and then you fit it with an infrared, you can see body heat, you know, those kind of things would make a whole lot of sense. What, what about you, Evgeny? Did you see that, that disco drone thing? Uh, yeah, just looked at it. Uh, but in, in, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, like TV crews, for example, they, I don't know if they still use it. They use helicopters for mm-hmm. for some of their fo- footage, and it's expensive. You know, flying helicopters is not cheap. You have you know mounted camera or something, couple of people flying there, lots of gas. Uh, whereas this thing can do probably uh, the same. You yeah. know, it can probably stream it live or stream it like a minute later if that's you know. But acceptable. That's, this one, this one's fixed wing though, so it's going like. I mean, if if you're shooting something that that needs fixed wing footage, yeah, that'd be cool. But like to Julio's point, for a news crew, I would throw an octocopter up there with a camera mm-hmm. on it, with a live feed down yeah, to the ground, yeah. right? But but I feel like there's so many uses that we don't think of, and yeah. like we're in the mind of photography, photography, videography, and so many other uses where people say like, oh yeah, of course it's a lifesaver. You know, it's a uh, great for uh, rescue, or it's great for uh, I don't know, geology research. I have no idea what people might use it for. And I think yeah. we'll find really fascinating uses of that, uh, you know, this year and next year. Uh, so, really. you know what I thought of the first time I saw that thing? I was like, you know what? This could be cool if you had one of those first person helmets on mm-hmm. where you could see through the lens to uh, to do some dog fighting and pretend I'm an X-wing fighter or TIE fighter or Right? Can you imagine? Especially if you had the sound effects of the TIE fighter in there too, and you're just flying around. <laughs> Some of the racing drones go so fast, they do kind of sound like a TIE fighter. Do they really? Yeah, yeah. they're crazy. Yeah, I've seen some footage on YouTube of these racing drones. Yeah, I think there's races already. I want to know how you get that good flying racing drones, because that's got to be expensive, because you got to crash like 50 times. A lot of apologies. Yeah, and a lot of apologies. Yeah. And sorry you know. about your car. Sorry about your house. Yeah, sorry about your daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I want to know. I mean, because those guys are impossibly good, and they're just sitting there, just flying. I saw this one. This guy was flying through like an unfinished building through the girders and all mm. that, and and it looked like like three like movie footage that had to have been rendered in a computer. But he's actually flying a drone through there at speed. You know, amazing. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy stuff. So lots of cool stuff out of CES. I'm just going to go down this list that Bruce put in here. So we've got the the Movi. We've got Phase One's new 100 megapixel medium format camera and new aerial cameras, 100 megapixel medium format. I'm really surprised that nobody picked that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't see. I didn't pick it because I don't need 100 megapixels. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. I, I just have the GX8. I have 20. I thought I was good with 16. Now I have 20, 20 megapixels to deal with. So I'm okay right now. I don't know. Uh, Nikon and their D5. They also announced a D500DX format camera. Um, like Julia was saying, their their key Mission 360 action camera and a new speed light, the SB5000 with built-in wireless and Zeiss announced new iPhone lenses. Have you guys used those, those add-on iPhone lenses? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of them out there and I know a lot of people love them and live by them. I've never tried them. Gee, what do you think? Do they, do they work well? 
I have the what is it, the Ola clip, the four and yeah, one. Yeah, the Olo clip. Yeah, Olo, the, yeah. the fisheye. That's good. I bought their telephoto. It was complete trash. I sent that right back. I mean, it was really? horrible, um, and it was awful. The, 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 the <laughs> you retracted the horrible and just said this is awful. Yeah, I, I, I need to. I need to emphasize the the the, the cockiness of it. Um, the the thing like the thing is when you're you're adding these accessory lenses onto a phone by the time you buy all the accessory lenses you got enough practically got enough money to buy a dedicated camera with a larger mm-hmm. sensor and more dedicated controls um personally i use my iphone for uh like scanning documents i'll use it if i want to go on take photos but to practice seeing so i have no control over the camera right i'm just practicing seeing um but i want to buy a bunch of lenses to add add on a phone when it costs as much as a new camera plus you know every year there's a new iphone and apple's not going to be like hey zeiss a moment hey aliclip we're going to come out with a larger optical piece you're going to have they're not going to say that yeah you know you're going to be like sitting there soon you're going to have like all these lenses in your hand with nothing to attach it to yeah, no, I've I've heard that too. But but you know, when I was um, I was just on a trip and I used my iPhone a lot. And there were cir- there were certain circumstances where I was like, you know what, it'd be great if I had a macro right now to get a cool shot of this food or this thing right here. Um, and if I had had it in my bag, I would have used it. But I'll tell you, I wasn't. It didn't ruin anything because I didn't have it with me. Oh, Evgeny, what do you think? Have you used these add-on lenses? Well, in, in defense, uh, I use the moments, uh, the moment wide lens. Yeah. And I found it to be really incredible. It just it doubles your field of vision on the iPhone from like thirty-five millimeters to like eighteen. Oh, geez. And okay. it just you know brings so much more details from from the scene uh on your phone and it looks looks unusual you know like you you, you kind of expect how the photos from iphone look like you know the yeah. angle and everything so yeah. seeing something different it just gives you a fresh uh set of eyes i guess a fresh perspective on things um is it worth it you know moment lens was 100 bucks so i guess yes <laughs> for anything pricier um i'm not so sure yeah no no i hear you but you know it there's there's two sides of it, right? So if you're like us and you have awesome camera gear and lenses and stuff that you shoot with, that's great. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say, okay, I'm going to outfit this camera that is not as good as my main camera. Even my main camera is small now, but I'm going to take, you know, make this little camera even better. But if you're one of those people that is shooting primarily with the iPhone, like you're one of those Instagrammers, professional, whatever, then hey, it makes sense. Um, but I don't know. I would. I don't. I've been on the fence about getting one of those. You know, an add-on lens for my iPhone for a while because it just seems like the gear person in me thinks like you know, it, it's they're little. Throw it in the bag if you need it. It's there. If you don't, it can just stay in the bag. But like you're right, G. So the next iPhone comes out and they move the position of the camera. Now I'm, uh, you know, I'm out of luck. How far are we into a two-year life cycle? You know, we're pretty much down to the months. Yeah, you know, I, know. I mean, if, if I the know. lenses came out like within the first three or four months of a new iPhone release, then uh, okay, so maybe you'll get it for two years. But at this point, I don't. I want to buy any of those lenses. Not until yeah. the new iPhone comes out. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or 
you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds. And expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your, on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. Hey, before we move on to story number two, which is really interesting, uh, I want to get you guys' thoughts because um, there's uh, an item in my shopping cart right now on Amazon <laughs> that I haven't pushed by on yet. And uh, yeah, I was really, I was like this close to pushing buy on. I'm going on a trip tomorrow and I wanted to take it with me, but I didn't press buy. I want to get your thoughts first. So th- you know the company DJI, right? So they have this product called the Osmo, the O-S-M-O, the handheld stabilized camera. Basically, they took their drone technology with the gimbal and all that and put it so you can carry it around and put your your smartphone on it so that you can see what the camera's seeing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Evgeny, you've seen it, right? I've seen it, yeah. Uh, what What do you think of it? Should I Should I buy it or should I not buy it? Oh man, uh, if you're planning to shoot something with it, uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's awesome because I bought something similar a year ago called Nebula Four Thousand, oh. uh, three axis stabilizer made in China with Chinese instructions uh, and with Chinese customer support. So basically, almost. Uh, and I'm actually taking Mandarin courses right now, probably just to tinker with, <laughs> just so, with the so instructions. You can, so you can get through so you can get through their voice tree on their voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically it's impossible to use because you have to uh really uh, uh you know set it really be involved in setting it up. And Osmo is like really easy to set up. So for people like me, hopefully for people like you, you just buy it and you have a camera that is super stabilized and you can just shoot and have fun with it now so do you you don't have one or are you getting i don't one have or? one because i need to sell my nebula 4000 that nobody needs anymore oh god yeah yeah well you, you're going at it wrong you got going at it the wrong way you got to buy the new gear then sell the old gear come on <laughs> <laughs> don't be so pragmatic man come on what's the matter with you I don't know, gee, what do you think? I know you've seen it. They're they're cool. Uh, the name I got, I put a link in the, the chat box. Reminds me of the Osimo from South Park. Um, or there the, you go. You know, Let me share this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, you, I, you know, if 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 that if, I, if that was it, I'd be like all about. Like, yeah, Osimo. Uh, <laughs> no, but but I, I think they're really cool. You know, I don't use one though. I just I don't need one for the kind of work I do and. Uh, if I needed to do a really basic, um, smooth shot, I would just take my drone and turn on the the gimbal and, you know, just just walk it. And, yeah, and you know, and, yeah. and I, I've I've had friends uh, that were in uh, foreign countries and like the the street markets where they were, you know, they didn't want to fly; they wanted to get a shot in the market, so they just turned on their drone and walked with it. But and I think I you know I, I have no insight into what DJ I was thinking. And even if I did, I couldn't speak the language. Monday, <laughs> Monday. No, they, they were probably thinking at the people that that you described. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, people are taking these drones and walking around with them. Let's give them a product. Um, but one of but they added some cool things to it, which is what got me intrigued because I'm starting to do a lot more YouTube stuff. So, and they have a selfie mode on there. Not that you want to do selfie photos of yourself, but you can do like if you want to do a two person interview. You can like I'm interviewing Evgeny. I can aim it at him and tap the button three times and it flip around to me while I ask a question and flip the camera back around to Evgeny, you know, and that's cool. Go about it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all fluid, right? Because it's all gimbal. So, Mm. yeah, things like that seem pretty cool. Plus, it looks little, 
Plus, it's just geeky, and the geek side of my brain wants it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's those are those types of tools are really specialized. If it's something that you really need in your work, I, I'm all for it. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I just I just couldn't wouldn't really use one too often. I know that's what I'm afraid of. It's gonna be you know I've I've got too much gear, too many not gear gear, but just too much stuff over the years that I buy and it's great for six months and then I don't use it anymore and mm -hmm. now I'm like it just sits there depreciating sadly. So. <laughs> You, you want to, anybody want to buy a Surface Pro three? You know, <laughs> see, there you go. And, you know, you know, you were I, all about I the Surface. So, I was so hot on that. I was like, what happened? You were like, you were, you were sleeping with that thing on your pillow. It sounded you know, like, like I, I, I just went back to basics. I'm like, what is, what is the 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 best of the worst, so to speak? You know, what's the the least evil thing, or, or not not that, but what what's <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, sorry, Microsoft. <laughs> I, I like that this whole episode is about selling used gear. Yeah, it is. It is. No, I just um, I think Windows 10 is amazing and the Surface is amazing. I, I, I'm so like entrenched in the ecosystem that it just take, it takes so much work to say, okay, let me switch over. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. what am I, oh my God, like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, so I keep the iPhone, but I keep the Surface and then, you know. I know. I know, man. That's mm -hmm. why I see. I knew it. I mean, I the Surface and I looked at them, especially after I talked to you, because you were like, you were moonwalking across uh, the street with that thing, you I, know. I, 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 I have it over there. I just kind of keep it on the ground just to watch it. It's like oh, one, yeah, one yeah. day. I looked at them, especially when the iPhone Pro or the sorry, the iPad Pro shipped. And, you know, there were all the comparisons, obviously, of the two. And we talked about it on the show, too. Um, but, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll just go try this. Let me go get one. I'll try it for a while. And then, you know, I kind of look at my ecosystem here that's completely marinated in Apple. You know, like the Macintosh computers, portable Apple mm -hmm. TVs, and you got the phones and the iPads and all that. And then there'd be this foreign element that came in that I'd I would have to figure out how to connect to everything. I don't know. So, I mean, it's a great system and seems brilliant for what it does, but it just, you know, it would have to integrate into my society. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it could. Evgeny, what about you? Are you, uh, did you ever consider a Surface Pro 3? I did not. <laughs> He's like, no, no. <laughs> but no. I just kind of like, I like to use what I have uh, yeah. and just keep with it until it breaks or I really, really can use something new, but not for any like new newest and shiniest toys because you can never catch up to that yeah love it all right guys let's move on to this next story we're almost done with the show you see how quick these shows go it's ridiculous that's why we're at episode 447 because they go so fast so uh this is about kodak and this comes to us from the wall street journal and kodak um and basically it looks like they're set to bring back the Super 8. So I'm going to read this first paragraph from the article here. It said, just when things started to look pretty bleak for the once mighty Kodak brand, there's a new hope on the horizon. It all started back in 2013 when a number of filmmakers banded together and committed to purchasing film from the company. Among those was J.J. Abrams, who shot Star Wars, of course, Awakens on 65 millimeter film. Kodak has gone from losing $100 million a year to breaking, even, to breaking even for the past three quarters and is poised to turn a profit in 2016. Now, Kodak has announced the return of the Super 8 film camera, according to the Wall Street Journal. Quote, the company is using the Consumer Electronics Show to lay out plans for a film camera based on the Super 8 design launched 50 years ago. Kodak stopped producing Super 8 film units in 1982 after video camera, cameras savaged the market for home movies uh, made with film. So that's the gist of it. So they're they're creating this thing. They said it's likely to cost between 400 and 750 and processing the film should cost between $50 and $75 a cartridge. Julio, you're moving into this minimalist kind of I want to take what the camera gives me kind of mode. The Super 8 camera, I mean, this is like, you know, it's right there. It like, is. Once you press the button, it's exposed. You're not doing anything else. What yeah, think? no, I think it's a, I think it's a bold move and I'm really excited about it. I have a Super 8 camera in my office. I've not used it. <laughs> it does work. Um, I think what excites me more is the idea of processing a film again. Would I be able to buy Super 8 film and use it on my current camera? 
and pay to have that process because they're not just processing it, they're scanning it. So you're getting mm-hmm. back a digital and an analog copy all at the same time. I mean, that's... Oh, oh yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, so Kodak, that... Plans, Kodak plans to plan some of the conveniences of digital technology mm-hmm. just as movies shot on film are usually converted to digital files for editing and project, projection. Buyers of the new camera that turn to Kodak for processing will get a digital copy of their imagery as well as 8mm film to use on projectors. That's interesting. That would be a really cool little dinner party you know where you bring mm-hmm. people over and you show them you, br- you break out the projector you oh, yeah. <laughs> and show movies that way that'd be so retro that's, that's I, i'm excited cool. for it i i kudos to them for taking that bold move and i think it's going to have it's going to have a market i mean the the number one item at urban outfitters is fuji and Stax film that is the number wow. one seller really yes really i love my instax and uh, sp1 i mean there's yeah. a market for it yeah, I don't know. Evgeny, what do you think? Is is Kodak making a bold move in the right direction or the wrong direction? Oh, I would say the wrong direction. I'm actually super, super skeptical about this. I, oh, so I, you I, have, they're making Super 8 and you have Super Hate. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> All right, go ahead. And, and, you know, there is, I watched, uh, what was the movie? Uh, that had pro- That had projector problems. Hateful Eight or something? And oh, like, and oh, basically, forgot, yeah. it, uh, it, uh, some critics were telling that, oh, it might be actually the end of film. Like all those big filmmakers that went out and shot it on film. And basically, uh, does it really matter for, you know, guys who just want to go and enjoy the movie, but not like film? Uh, I'm not like a film lover. I wouldn't go yeah. and, and watch movie it's the, twice. It's the inner... It's the end result. It's not the medium that the film was shot on. Is what you're saying, right? No, no. I guess like, look, if if you tell me like, hey, you want to pay 750 for uh, for a Super 8 cartridge and another 75 to process it, I'll say like, uh, no. <laughs> I can buy uh, I can buy a nice lens for that price. So like, it has to be some uh, really, uh, uh, you know, commercial project or something. It's either somebody pays for that. Or I'm a super rich and enthusiast and super eight, and I'm willing to pay 800 bucks. Uh, that's US, which is like three million Canadian by this exchange rate, uh, to to just get a, a, a super eight, you know, film and film uh, look. And, and that reminds me of the camera app that was recently on the top spot in the App Store. You know, the old style video. It was like blowing up the charts on the App Store. And oh, people, I didn't see that one. And people just wanted to have a horrible video quality, <laughs> you know, that their that their iPhone produces. They didn't care um, about the kind of like actual quality. They cared about aesthetics of making it look like an old uh, uh, film. Right, right. So I take it you wouldn't buy this camera. I wouldn't buy this camera, yeah. <laughs> and Julio would buy this camera. I, I, you know what? I, I wouldn't be more interested in buying a film because I got a film camera that'll oh, use it. Okay. But otherwise, I would totally be into it because I think I think the message is that I mean, there's a there's a saying, and I think it's actually in a Bible that everything under the sun has been done. And I think as a society, we're starting to acknowledge that. That I mean, how much technology how many pixels do you really need how big of a sensor do you really need you know is and and so we we're going to buy people focus on the aesthetics just like we were just talking about a lot of the young kids want a film look and a lot of people want a very hyper real technical look and at the end of the day it's just the content that matters it's the story yeah. right but if you want that film look you could buy a, a plug-in or whatever or you can just buy film Right. And, and truly, yeah. like, like if, if we're talking about the craft of photography, if somebody gets an image perfect with film and it looks just amazing, then they get all the credit. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm, right. I, I'm on the, I don't know, I'm on the fence. I'd have to see it. But 
for me, it's more about the end result. I mean, there, there's there's multiple people out there, right? I mean, there's like people that are shooting film instead of digital cameras mm-hmm. now because they enjoy the process and the restriction and the romance of film and the smell of the chemical, all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. That's, that's but like, totally at, awesome. At, at what price, you know? Uh, and that's question <laughs> to Julio. $3 a photo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question to Julio, like, would you pay 400 bucks for that, for the, the cartridge of Super 8? I would pay the seventy five to get it processed. Um, how much is the film going to cost? Uh, I didn't see that in the article. I don't know. Let's let's see. The, oh, it's the camera that costs four hundred. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the camera, the camera, not the right. film. Yeah, and the right, 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 yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the camera is not seven hundred. It's the or the film is not seven hundred. It's so processing is fifty to seventy five a cartridge, four hundred to seven fifty for the camera. But we don't know how much the film is going. to We cost. don't know how much the film is. Yeah, yet. that's going to yeah. be a big determining factor. Because, you know, even the uh, large format and like it's becoming excessively expensive. Yeah. Uh, and it, I love the aesthetics of medium format. I love the aesthetics of large format. But for me to, to convince, to experiment at, you know, five, five bucks a, uh, a shot or 10 bucks a shot, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. I, I better know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> It's not for everybody. Not for everybody. Cool. Yeah, I think I would stick on the digital side for now, but I'll definitely watch this. I have a feeling like Doug Kay is, I don't know if he's still on this binge, but he was on this binge of just shooting film for a while. And he did that in Cuba and, you know, and he loves it. So I think for people that weren't forced to shoot film for 10 years, (laughs) it may seem romantic to go back to film. It's like, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out this horse and buggy instead of that Tesla. It's so romantic and authentic (laughs) for a little while. And then you want the Tesla again. So I don't know. All right, guys, let's move on. I'm going to skip this last story and dive directly into uh, the picks of the week. So as you guys know, the picks of the week segment um, is here so that you guys can recommend something to the TWIP army, as long as it's related to photography. Julia, I'm going to let you go first. What's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is Evernote. Mm. Mm. I've heard of it. <laughs> I, I, I live <laughs> in it. It's my it's my second brain. It really is. Um, I use it for capturing photos um, put to put in a vision file, which is what I use to kind of uh, generate concepts for for work. I use it to you know receipts. I use it to share production notes with uh, the, with any team I'm working with. You know, I, I run some iPhone, my iPad. I have these analog books, w- oh, yeah. which I can scan. Cause sometimes I do want to be analog sometimes, but most of the time I'm not. But when I do, I get that. Um, and yeah. I even have the scanner. I bought the scanner. Jeez, you went all in. See, you are, you see, Evgeny, you see how this yeah. guy is? He goes all in and then like, okay, in two months when we touch base with you again, you better not be like, you know what? I hate Evernote. I've been, I've been on Evernote for, for years. <laughs> and it's, it's at, at first I was like, I don't get it. Little by little, I just started using more of it and more of it and more of it. Um, yeah. I've been playing with Apple Notes. And I've always used a little bit of Apple Notes, but it's I kind bounced of... off of that. I tried it. I've been so I'm kind of I'm doing the Goldilocks thing. So Evernote was just too comprehensive for me. I still have my account there. It's just too comprehensive. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have everything in there. Um, and then Apple Notes, which I tried, is just too simplistic. It's a good start, but it's just way too simplistic compared to the things that are out there. So my happy medium is an app called Wonderlist. Oh yeah, and I'm all my stuff's in Wonderlist. I love I, I Wonderlist. Really, I really like it because I just moved well a few months ago from Evernote to Apple Notes, and we we have completely different. I want the basics. I want just the things you know. Be as You'll basic be the Wonderlist because you're gonna get you're gonna get frustrated with not being able to make folders in Apple Notes. <laughs> I have folders in Evernote. Oh, in 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 notes. Yeah. In notes, you yeah. did. What was it that was in there that I couldn't get? Oh, it was formatting, formatting, not being able to format or just a little bit of formatting, you, just you, little things like that. You should like, probably keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, I like simplicity, but you know, simplicity for the sake of simplicity is is counterintuitive. So I needed. I don't want Evernote horsepower because it's awesome for what it is, and I just don't need that much horsepower. And Apple Notes is good, but it was just too simplistic. The sweet spot for my brain is Wonderless. It's nice that there is something for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So if we skip to my pick, that was going to be my pick. So I could so I could uh, short circuit Julio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. Anything else, Julio? Just Evernote? Um, yeah, I think so. 
All right, cool. Evernote. Evernote.com. Uh, Evgeny, what's your pick of the week? Well, I want viewers to go to the store and pick either the Samsung Gear VR or go to google.com slash cardboard, I think, uh, oh. and get one of those VR things because they are really inexpensive. You can either get one for free if you, you know, if you know people, uh, they're giving them away from time to time or just buy one for like 20 bucks. And uh, there's so many cool stuff, uh, so much cool stuff happening with VR these days. And this mm-hmm. is the really cheap and really easy way to get uh, into VR, see the photos in 360s, three uh, video uh, segments in 360s. Uh, I recently watched the uh, documentary from North Korea in 360. Oh, and that really? was mind blowing. It just kind of like shot you, that in 360. Yeah, I didn't know it was shot in 360. There is a, there is an uh, news app, and you could see like the uh, the story inside of North Korea. And you can imagine like when when that's what filmmakers do. They limit your vision, right? So mm-hmm. you only see what they want you to see. And with, with uh, 360, you can turn around and see kind of like people who don't know that they're being filmed. Yeah, they're taking notes in the back, picking their nose, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <call. laughs> exactly. And just watching that for uh, it's just incredible. So no, how how do I see that? I want to see that. What's how do I how do I, I see that? Do I, I need I need this it's I need special need, gear? Uh, you just need the I I use the cardboard uh, that I got from Google. Uh, you know, they they were giving them away for free uh, for in many conferences and places like this. Yeah. Uh, and I think the app that I was using is just the New York Times VR or the Jaunt VR. Some of mm-hmm. the um, some of the news apps that were showing what's possible with that, and it's so uh, you know simple and at the same time so eye opening. I found it really really cool experience. So cardboard, just just so that we're clear, cardboard is is cardboard, right? And you you use your phone yeah. as as the viewing experience, and the cardboard folds up kind of around it origami style and you put it up to your face and, and there is and plastic ones so you can buy the ones that are pre-assembled uh whereas the samsung uh, gear uh, vr is actually uh uses your samsung phone so if mm-hmm. you're uh, and it sold it sells for 100 bucks as well so it's pretty pretty cheap uh but this is just the mobile vr so it uses your phone it uses your existing uh phone that you have you can use your iphone or android or is android only uh, it depends on uh, which one you want to get. So for Google Cardboard, you can use any phone. It just depends on the size. So my 6 Plus is a little bit big for that, uh, for mm-hmm. the old uh, type Cardboard that I have. But basically, like there's specs that they share uh, which phone it will accept the best and things like this. Yeah, this is cool. We have to do a whole show on VR because I feel I would like you love said, to. Yeah. I feel like this year is going to be big for it. And I'm still, it's the perfect topic for me because I'm not immersed in it. I've tried it a couple times and be like, wow, this is cool, you know. But it, they're usually demos of, they're demos of the technology, but not, it's entertainment, but it's not practical, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, this is cool. Oh, I'm walking. Oh, I'm flying with birds, you know. But then you come back and you're like, okay, that was a cool experience. And I'm wondering, is that going to be it? Is it just going to be immersive experiences in these different scenes? Or are we going to see something like groundbreaking, like email that has, that changed the world? Well, think about know? this for a second, right? For the most of your day, you're either looking at the virtual reality of a five-inch phone or like 15-inch or whatever your laptop is screen. And that's it. Like basically most of your day goes on within the limits of your screen, which is the virtual reality because you're seeing like emails and messages and things like this. And when you yep. put the uh, uh, the gear on, you know, the head, uh, whatever they're called, right? The uh, virtual reality headsets. We'll call them headgear. Headgear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a hat. Uh, yeah. And you basically have a whole new field of vision. So your so you can just look around exactly. You can have folders yeah. and your email on the left. You can have your messages on the right. You can have video chats happening, you know, somewhere on the side. 
uh, and things like this. This sounds, this sounds like an Orwellian, like, like science fiction movie where the office of the future is a bunch of people sitting in cubicles, yeah. not aware of each other, just sort of looking around. That, that, that's what's happening today anyway, but you're looking at a tiny screen uh, that is 2D. Yeah, everyone's got their face in their exactly, phone playing yeah. Candy Crush. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I want to try that out. Yeah, we're, we'll have to talk because I want to I want to dive into that. Yeah, so much stuff to try. I got to try that. I got to get used to shooting drones. I got to, you know, it's too much stuff. Too much stuff. Julie, you just sent me a link. What's this link? That is for a uh, unit that I used to work on in the 90s called Virtuality, which is a <laughs> company from the UK. And they were powered by Amigas. Remember the Commodore Amiga? Oh, dude, I wanted an Amiga so bad. So those are the, <laughs> um, those are the S2000s, but I worked on the previous versions, the S1000s. They were and twice they're the doing size. This all over again. I've seen yeah. the same uh, the same setup. Yeah, so I was really heavy into virtual reality in the '90s because that's it was really just rocking, showing lots of uh -huh. promise, especially for industrial use, uh, any kind of computer aided design where you want to, you know, anything, any industrial use with like chemicals. Um, there were so many cool possibilities for the technology, then it just kind of went away for a while and it's then why did it go away i mean why why didn't it pick up was i think it, that well i think it was really hard to make money so a lot of i worked um in the the area of entertainment so games and stuff uh games were about five dollars for five minutes you know yeah. so to get anywhere you know we had a role-playing game and if you were to finish that you're about 800 bucks out so <laughs> yeah you know yeah. now it's becoming more realistic and i have a bunch of the cardboard units at home um and I, I use them and give them to my friends. They're really cool. I think that there's a and with this with this setup that we're show, that we're seeing right here. I kind of remember this a little bit, you know. But I because I remember this was back when because VR was like the big buzzword and they had movies like Lawnmower yes. Man and all this stuff that were out. Johnny right? that was John, Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, what was the other one with the? Oh God, I forgot the Max Headroom. Max Remember Headroom, that? Yeah. Max Headroom, all those. So they had all these movies out and TV shows that were kind of VR is the future of the world and all that. And then you're right. It just went away, but now it's back. So I'll ask both of you guys, why should we believe it this time? <laughs> so I, I'm not believing it until I see something that's at some applications that are not just entertainment. Um, I want to see some some practical tools. You know, I, I think attaching uh, using a head-mounted display with like a drone is is, is a, a really good per, uh, use. Yeah. Um, especially if the drones start becoming stereoscopic, because then you can really get more depth perception. And um, I think there's a lot of potential there, and more so industrial use than, than entertainment. But it's the entertainment that's going to kind of be like the Trojan horse for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Evgeny, what do you think? Why why should we believe in VR now? I don't. Oh, I'm not sure if it's happening this year actually. Uh, but what I believe is that companies like Facebook and Google, who have a lot of people working on that and a lot of money on the line, mm -hmm. they have the power to make it happen. Uh, mm -hmm. And they invested a lot, uh, so they can just kind of like force it, force us mm -hmm. to buy it by making it cheaper by. You know, you sign up for a Facebook account and you get Oculus Rift for free or something like this. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. knows, right? Like, it seems uh, seems like a fantasy right now, but maybe three years down the line, it's going to be what it's going to be. So I think I think it'd be cool. I just think of it like, uh, what was it? You remember? You guys remember a couple of years ago at CES, all the rage was about 3D, mm -hmm. uh, 3D TVs and all that. If that's the next big thing, 3D TVs. You gotta, you know, you're gonna be sitting around with your family with glasses on watching 3D TV. And I bought a 3D TV, which was great. And I still have it. It's beautiful. But I put on the glasses exactly one time. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And they're in the drawer. You know, that was it. Yeah, now so, you got to buy an $800 helmet. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it all comes down to the content, right? So if you're going to go and buy 3D TV, uh, 3, 3D movies now, there will be like really few of those. Yeah. So you're out yeah. of luck. And for Facebook, Oculus Rifts, and HTC and everybody who is in the VR game, they realize that you have to have HBO shows, that you have to have Netflix shows, that you have to have uh, other movies, photography, and like everything, all the content ready for that. And once you have it, uh, you know, that's it. Like there's no other, this is basically like 1080p mm -hmm. or 4K. Like once you 
ready for that, it's it it just it becomes the norm really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird. It's so weird how these technologies come back, right? So VR is coming back. Um, remember video 360 video, like we were talking about with that Nikon camera, and YouTube is supporting that now. But this it's been around for ten years with QuickTime VR and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been around forever. And now it's it, all these technologies, or many of these technologies, are enjoying a resurgence. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. Is social media? It was never is that the reason. Yeah, it was never easy. You know, it was never easy to do 360 video, and now it's just kind of like it's it's not easy yet, and that's why I think it's kind of like it will take another year to catch on. But if it's as easy as you know taking a snap and putting it on Instagram, which by then will probably support 360 videos, why not? You know? Yeah, yeah I think it's going to take. Uh, probably another five years to hit mainstream because you have you have a whole public perception thing of okay um, you know you're going to be doing something in public and you're wearing this giant helmet and your mouth's open you know and you're like all <laughs> well people do that already you know you, you know, know what i mean and it just it, it looks strange and people people like diss on other people for taking pictures with an ipad and now they're no, going to be okay. putting a helmet on their head you know and, and go and be like, oh my god, and you, you know, and you know, and unfortunately, is... pictures with iPad is now the norm. No, oh, okay, it's it's okay, a it's okay, a view okay, camera. Okay. Yeah, it's a view camera. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm gonna go live in a cabin the first time I see someone with a helmet on a plane. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna happen, man. <laughs> it's just sitting there on a plane. You know, there's companies actually. There's a company. Oh god, I can't remember the name of it. I just saw a link from it. Uh, a friend of mine, Richard Karras, actually uh, is running marketing for this company. And they came out with a, it's, you know, it's kind of in the vein of these 3D VR headsets, mm-hmm. but it's a headset that's not VR. It's one that just, you know, remember, old technologies are new again. Those those glasses that give you the simulated large display in front of your face so that you can work on stuff and it looks like you're looking at a big, you know, 900 foot display. Mm-hmm. So those have been around forever too. And now they're coming back. Yep. So. Everything old is new again. Yeah, that's the thing. All right. Yeah, maybe we'll title the show that. Everything old is new again. All right, guys, let's let's end the show. Before we sign off, Julio, what do you have coming up? What's coming up for you in the next coming months or so? I have a workshop on um, February 11th in Phoenix on finding a photographer's vision. And then I have a photo walk to... um, on the 13th in Phoenix to back up the practices that we're teaching on the 11th. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, and where's all that stuff at? Uh, it's going to have to find out info about it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on lumixlounge.com pretty soon or just find me okay. on socials and I'll be talking about it. Lumixlounge.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Because you are a Lumix luminary. I am. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can see the glow. You had to turn the glow down oh. on your <laughs> camera. <laughs> luminescent all right cool man thanks for coming on always Thank a you. pleasure having, having me show. all right and Evgeny, what about you man what's coming up for you in the next well couple for months? me there's a lot of uh personal work that i'm trying to do so it's um a lot of photography videography that is coming up so the next time we will talk i will probably be just down from the Ural mountains that are right in the middle between europe and asia and it probably will be minus 35 centigrade there so i might be a little chill when you see it next time. yeah yeah just make sure you come back with all your fingers and toes man. i hope so ah, geez, this may that's... be the last you see those <laughs> i know let's get let's get that on camera again <laughs> well last time Evgeny will be able to count to 10 on his hands oh man oh man well you're gonna keep us posted right that's a horrible joke <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You will be fine. Bring pocket warmers with you and you'll be completely fine. And thermal underwear. Yeah. You'll be totally good. So I'm from Chicago. We can laugh about that kind of stuff. It gets brutally cold there, too. Um, when, are, when are you going? I'm going to be uh, uh, gone in February. So. Okay perfect time to go i'm gonna leave that alone so you you go you be safe you take all your necessary precautions and come back with amazing images because if you don't you know it's it's gonna suck yeah yeah it's gonna (laughs) suck all right guys thank you Evgeny, for coming on like i said always a pleasure having you both on great show good wrap up of ces and we are at the end of another episode of this week in photo want to thank our sponsors freshbooks for their support 
of the show. And also be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.